Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Recently, and this has happened over the years many times, typically, I was preaching the Word of God, giving Scripture concerning how the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6, 23, etc. And this one professing Christian lady said, well, how do you know? Only God knows who's going to hell. You don't know. <laughs> that's what that's what people do. That's their reaction when they're convicted and don't want to repent. Only God knows who's going to hell, quote unquote. Yes, was my reply. And God also has spoken clearly in his word from Genesis to Revelation on who's going to hell and who's not. Those who don't heed his word, that is, quote unquote, Moses and the prophets that refers to the written word of God will be vanquished into the bowels of eternal damnation, irrevocably and eternally. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 21. There will be no second chance. You are signed, sealed, and delivered if you die in sin for eternal uh, damnation forever, consciously. So the big question is, did God tell us who is going to hell? Did God tell us who's going to hell? Absolutely he did. In fact, we've got a little book out called Soul Damning Sins. You can look it up on safeguardyoursoul.com. It's also available on Amazon. Did God tell us who is going to hell? This is a very small, little small book. It is absolutely extremely power packed. As I'm going to try to make this message, I'm not going to try to be exhaustive with this, but I want to draw your attention to a few scripture passages that I want to encourage you to ask these questions and let the Bible answer them. Notice Revelation 21, 8. First of all, he says in verse 7, he that overcometh That's a condition. Shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Notice the condition. You have to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's what happens when you have a crosswalk, an abiding relationship with Christ. It produces the fruit of a set-apart, a holy life. Notice verse 8, Revelation 21. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now notice the several classes of sinners that he lists here. The fearful, that's the first one he lists. That is the cowardly, those who will not boldly live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because they're ashamed of him. 
and they haven't truly repented and believed on him in the biblical definition. And so they're ashamed of him. But Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the, the power of God unto salvation and everyone that believeth. Romans 1.16, also Proverbs 28.1, the righteous are bold as a lion. See, there's no hesitation in the truly righteous abiding believer. They declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and they are crucified with Christ and therefore not ashamed of him. They confess him. Jesus said, if you don't confess me before my father, which is in heaven, I will not confess you, but I will deny you. Notice Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, Jesus says, him will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father, which is in heaven. Doesn't get much plainer than that. Again, I'm not going to go into detail on each one of these classes of sinners, but I do want you to be aware of, of the several passages. You'd be surprised. In the New Testament, canon that lists classes of sinners. We've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight classes of sinners. Is that exhaustive? No. In Galatians 5, we have 17 works of the flesh. And he names, cites those sins specifically and says that anyone partaking in those sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, wait a minute, brother. We're not saved by works. Well, you're saved by the work of Christ, but you're not appropriating that work if you're not walking and living a life of repentance and faith and abiding relationship with Jesus. And if you are, you're not living in sin. See, people just try to figure out how to justify not laying down their lives. They spend all their time and energy doing that. But if you read scriptures like, 1 John chapter 3, whosoever committeth sin, let's start in verse 3, and every man, he's talking about the return of Christ that has this hope in him, does what? Purifieth himself even as he, that is Jesus, is pure. Every man, that is every man without exception, that is looking for the return of Jesus is purifying himself. He's not dabbling in sin, he's cleansing himself of all sin through the grace of God into a life that's given over to to Christ. Otherwise, it's not saving faith. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all, not some, all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And on this biblical note, remember in Mark 9, this is only in the Gospel of Mark, the last part of that chapter, chapter 9, beginning in like verse 42 or 43 through 50. Jesus repeatedly repeated. By the way, you got to get this in the King James Bible because the fake Bibles have either butchered or deleted this passage because Satan is the author of those filthy corruptions. You're blind if you don't see that, by the way. We've got a large section, a category on Safeguard Your Soul called Bible Versions Issue. Check it out. Okay, that's just one passage of many that have been removed or chopped up from these new versions of fake Bibles. I highly recommend that you get a real Bible, a King James Bible. Okay, so uh, speaking of the scriptures uh, that we're looking at 
at the moment to depart from all sin, to be holy as he is holy. Be holy as I am holy. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, you'll notice Jesus says over and over. I'm not going to read this whole passage in Mark 9, 42 through 50, but he says, if your hand offends you, if your hand offends you, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm or their consciousness is what that means, dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. That's how severely we are to deal with sin, realizing, as is clearly taught right here, that if we don't, we're going to go into hell with all our members. So we must lay the axe to the root and get rid of any inroad or device of sin in our lives. We must separate ourselves unto the Lord who is holy, holy, holy. He's holy, 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 folks. And that is unchanging. I find that so many people get in the word for a little bit and then they get out of the word and they have fallen away and don't even realize it. So they, I get these phone calls I have, I should say, not very often. And I know we all, you know, the devil and our own flesh tempts us, if you will, with unbelief, but we've got to get into the word. And the specific person who called me about this, is hell really eternal? Is their consciousness in hell really eternal? I'm, I wanted to say, you need to get right. You ain't right with God. If you're going to ask that, you suppose you've been saved for 30 or 40 years? Man, you got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me to even ask that question. Instead of getting in the word and going and getting this reproved, proved again to him through the word, you know, they throw this at you because they're looking for a way out. There's something evil about that, by the way. Instead of just leaning not to your own understanding and being not wise in your own conceit and just believing what the word of God says. Because that's what it is, and none of these promises shall fail. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. And then he says, not one of these promises will fail. The promise of hell is absolutely a divine guarantee, and we absolutely know exactly who's going to hell. And that would mean we know who's not going to hell. See, Jesus warns, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many, 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 many there be which go in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few, 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 few there be that find it. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. And then in the next verse, he talks about, you shall know them by their fruit. And many false prophets shall come is the immediate next verse and shall deceive many but you will know them by their fruit and the number one thing you know the fruit of is their doctrine and unfortunately you're hard pressed to even hear a message that even one time mentions the doctrine of hell when the eternal damnation whether it's said by hell or in other words as far as judgment are found throughout scripture in fact there is detailed descriptions of hell in the bible and as a sampling of the descriptions the Bible gives of hell in Luke 16, 19 through 31, that's the passage about the rich man and Lazarus who died. That certain rich man, see, it was an individual, it was an absolute 
actual person, a complete consciousness is going to remain. You're going to be conscious. The only thing that's going to change when we die is our location. We're either going to eternal glory if you're washed in the blood of Jesus and when he comes or when you die, that you're in his grace by an abiding relationship. Yes, it requires your participation. And false prophets tell you that you're once saved, always saved. It's unconditional. No matter what, you can't lose it. That is a lie from hell and goes against all of Holy Scripture. So in hell, you're going to be conscious. You're going to feel the flame, Luke chapter 16. You're going to be tormented with fire and brimstone because hell is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 14, 10. Also, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth, not only in due to the pain, but I suspect that's going to involve that gnashing of teeth, the remorse, the unending, the eternal remorse that those in hell are going to be experiencing Matthew eight twelve. Also, hell is a place of eternal remorse, as I just said, just absolutely devastating regret. I mean, here's a guy, the rich man, that dies and goes to hell and tries to get somebody to go tell his five brothers, which were still alive on the earth, to not come down there. But God's message to him and answer was no. He said, though, a, if they will not believe Moses and the prophets, that's the Old Testament scriptures. That's what that means. And that's all they had at that point. So if they won't believe the Bible, the written word of God, neither will they believe the one rose from the dead and went to war them. That is a scary revelation, but it's Bible. See, hell is going to be a place of everlasting remorse, devastating regret, a place of torments. Luke 16, 23, the man in hell said, I am tormented in this flame. In fact, he tried to get one drop of water. He asked for it and was unable to. There'll never be a moment of comfort from your head to your toe when you die If you go to hell. Also, uh, hell is going to be a place where there's going to be no rest day or night forever. I don't know about you, but I like to take a nap. I love to sleep at night because I'm tired. Having worked all day, I'm ready to rest. What about you? How would you like it if you could never experience rest again? In the book, I believe it's of Isaiah, the Bible says of the righteous who go to heaven when they die, they're going to rest in their beds. <laughs> I like that a whole lot better than no rest day or night forever. Revelation chapter 14, verse 10 and 11, which speaks of the smoke of their torment rising up into the nostrils of God, that is, forever and ever as an eternal memorial of his justice upon every evildoer who rejected his son and the sacrifice of his son. No rest day or night. A furnace of fire and wailing is another description of hell. Matthew thirteen forty two. It's a furnace of fire. How would you like if you right now were on a furnace of fire? Hmm. There will be great wailing forever unending in hell. When a million years has passed on earth's time clock, not one second will have expired from hell's or eternity's time clock. Also, hell is also described in Isaiah thirty-three fourteen as a place of everlasting burnings. Hell is going to be cast into the lake of fire, Revelation twenty fifteen. Hell is un 
quenchable fire. Mark 9, 45. Matthew 22, 13. Outer darkness. That may be the most scary description of hell's torment of all of these, where you can't even see your fingers and your hand if it's put over your eyes. That's outer darkness. Also, Luke 16, 26, there will be no second chance to escape. It's an impassable place. You cannot leave it. Your sign seal delivered. It's permanent. It's irrevocable. Psalm 18, 5, a place of sorrows or seething despair, we could say. And one more, 2 Thessalonians 1, 9, describes hell as a place of everlasting destruction. But brother, why are you teaching on hell? Why are we not teaching on hell is the much bigger question. It's very disturbing to see that we hardly hear anything about hell anymore. So we were looking at 1 John 3 about how every man that has the hope of Christ in him is known that he's waiting and looking fervently and expectantly and studiously for the return of the Savior by purifying himself, even as he, that is Christ, is pure. Remember, Jesus says through the apostle Peter, be ye holy for I am holy. And he's quoting from a believe it's Leviticus. So that's a divine command. In fact, Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man, no man shall see the Lord. How are we going to argue with this? Also, verse 4, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. See, hell is the place for sinners. And whoever commits sin, that is, I believe, continues and does not repent, transgresses also the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested, that is, Christ, to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. So Jesus was manifested to take away, not only wash away, but to keep us in a place of sanctification sanctification from sin. So, and he was manifest to take away our sins and in him is no sin. Whosoever, verse six, first John three, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he, that is Christ, is righteous. Verse eight, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifested in the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Couldn't be clear. Right there is the definition how we know, I should say, the children of God are and who the children of the devil. That's two quotes right there out of this verse verbatim. The children of God and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. That means they're a child of the devil. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So somebody says, how do you know who's going Going to hell. Well, he just told us who's going to hell. Right there. We see it all over the scripture. We're just going to touch on a few little passages and try to close this message soon. But right here, he tells us that whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. So you shall know them by their fruit. So we started in Revelation 21, where there, did I say seven or eight or so classes of sinners? The first was the fearful. We kind of went over that. Here's the next one, the unbelieving. They're unbelieving. 
Hebrews 3, 12 through 15 speaks about those that had once been right with God, holy brethren, who through the deceitfulness of sin, they don't continue, they don't endure to the end, they don't abide in Christ. They have an evil heart of unbelief, quote unquote. Jesus said that you could believe for a while and in a time of temptation, fall away. Luke eight thirteen. So, so far, two classes of sinners, fearful, the unbelieving. Here's another one, the abominable, the murderers, anyone who hates is a murderer. First John three and whoremongers. Anybody trying to have sex with a woman that you're not married to, that's a whoremonger. Sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So let me ask you after reading that verse alone, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Did God tell us who's going to hell? Yes, a resounding yes. Again, I'm not trying to get into too much detail, but I want to call your attention to that passage, that verse, Revelation 21.8, where several classes of sinners are named. Also, Galatians 5.19 through 21, and we'll go ahead and try to close it here. I'll just read through this list real quick, and without trying to define all of these, define a couple of the other ones in Revelation 21.8, but that's not my goal on this. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month month and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting and feel free to visit our donate page on the site and you can use your debit card, PayPal or Patreon and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.